Welcome to this week's episode of the March for Eternity podcast, where we bring you biblical truth on topics such as marriage, family, and ministry. This episode is made possible by the Ultra Global Partners. To find out more information about the Ultra Global, please go to thealtraglobal.com and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Here are your hosts, Jeremiah and Paul Johnson. Well, welcome to the Mark for Eternity podcast. This is one of your hosts, Jeremiah Johnson. On the podcast today, I have the privilege of interviewing Todd and Karen Smith from the North Georgia Revival, Christ Fellowship Church, friends, spiritual parents. Thank you guys so much for joining us. It's good to be here, Jeremiah. I'm excited. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Yeah, we had had you here last night at the Ark Fellowship. A lot of people know we planted the church in August of last year, so we're like five or six months in, and we really want to develop a culture that's hungry for more of God. I think sometimes being in ministry and pastoring and leading people, it's really easy just to settle. It's easy to almost get burned out, you know, just kind of give in to the status quo And so we're here longing for more, hungering for more. You guys have your own story of pastoring and reaching a a point of saying, Lord, maybe we've got to have more or, you know, Todd, your own words, like I quit. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you guys talk a little bit about your story of the North Georgia revival and uh, just give people a, a little bit of a feel for where you've been and who you are? Yeah, well, the North Georgia revival... Uh, is going on five years of continuous revival at Christ Fellowship Church in Dawsonville, Georgia. And uh, I was a very frustrated, struggling pastor, uh, preached the Word, loved God, but yet not seeing the kingdom of God manifest in our services the way we desired. And that really thrust us into a season of saying there's got to be more, uh, even outside of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and praying in the Spirit. We said, God, we want your kingdom to show up. We want to see what you did in the Gospels and in the book of Acts. And I think our frustration and I guess the plateau of our church being plateaued really led us to a point of seeking God and saying, Lord, we don't want to just spend these years going through the motions, pastoring a church, and then at the end, checking the box and stepping out in eternity. I said, Lord, we want to see you move in power, in demonstration. And we don't want it to be spotted once every six weeks or right. once every two months right. to have a visitation of the Holy Spirit. Our desire was to have a habitation. What is necessary for us to be able to create a culture where you feel comfortable, Lord, and where you literally have, have a habitation in our sanctuary? That was it, basically, that drive. And it led us to seek His face. It led us to cry out for His glory. And to get real honest with ourselves and say, Anything that's offensive to you, Lord, I give you permission to highlight it, and I will be quick to repent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. I I love that transition from visitation to habitation. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you set out in ministry, or even people set out in their walk with the Lord, and they want consistency. But oftentimes, like you said, it gets spotty. You have that up and down. I call it the roller coaster. Karen, you're leading an incredible uh, training center called Caneo. I'm, I'm curious just to ask you, you know, when you talk about revival and, you know, I've had the privilege of 
preaching there on Sunday nights, mm-hmm. you know, a water, baptism, revival, God's doing other things mm-hmm. there as well. But I think sometimes we disconnect the pursuit of revival from biblical discipleship. And I know that you you have a very important role at the North Georgia Revival. Can you tell us a little bit about Caneo and what you sense your role is in the value of discipleship in revival? Yeah, Caneo, actually the word means movement, motion, progress. And so the whole idea behind Caneo is moving forward in one's relationship with the Lord. And Caneo Ministry Training Center is our, it is our training center and was in place. This is what's so interesting, was in Mm -hmm. place Mm -hmm. before the North Georgia Revival actually started. Wow. And I really just believe that that was an act of God. Mm -hmm. It was an act of preparation because a lot of times you see a revival hit a place and then there is this urgency, oh, we need to start a school. Oh, we need to begin to train. But God was so gracious Mm -hmm. in that he directed us to get that up and going beforehand Um, As a matter of fact, we had a visitation in the classroom in 2017, February of 2017, where there were about 25 to 30 students gathered in a classroom one night, and we were literally studying revival. Wow. We were studying Azusa Street. Mm. We were studying Brownsville. And some of those students had never heard of that and had Mm. never heard and never even seen footage of Brownsville. So I was showing them footage and talking about Azusa and talking about some of the generals of revival. And what what sparked them was reading all that history, and and this is what they said, can this happen again? Mm. Can this happen again? Is it possible for it to happen again? And so one night in the classroom, there's a lot of detail, but just for time's sake, the Lord literally stepped into the classroom. Wow. And I don't even know if we, Todd was in the classroom that night with us, and I don't even know if we knew exactly what was happening, Mm. but we knew that there was his presence for about 25 minutes. Mm. And the students literally began to hit the floor and just began to cry out. We were reading about things like the Moravians, who for a hundred years prayed for a move of God. And again, and so it just sparked hunger. And so, long story short, we had the school in place. And so there was a core of people that had had some training when a year later the North Georgia Revival hit and began. They wow. already had some of that hunger pending because in 2017, those students were year three students. So mm. they already had three years of training, just mm. Christianity 101, core classes, word, word, word. They were ready to go. Yeah, you know, I think some of my... Well, I think some of my heartbreak may be in pursuing revival or the more of God. I know that some people have different definitions for revival, but you know, revival is—it's a word that can turn people off. You know, I think a lot of people associate revival with you know people falling down, you know, with people crying out or some kind of tangible presence of God, or it brings manifestations. But then for a lot of people, they've seen people encounter God at a service and not be able to be the same person at home or at work as they were at a church service powerfully touched by God. Mm -hmm. And I would say that through biblical discipleship, you know, that's where you lay the foundation, the Word of God. It's almost like you have to build a landing strip. You have to have a foundation for a plane to come and land. I think a lot of people want like a massive visitation, and I feel like the way you go from visitation to habitation is through a firm foundation of discipleship in the Word of God. Todd, what, what would you say? 
Yeah, I, I think infrastructure is important. Uh, I tell pastors all the time, your infrastructure really determines the size of your church. If I had a bowl of fruit, no matter how many apples I wanted to put in that bowl, the infrastructure determines what it can hold. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. So I can keep piling on, but it falls off the side. The Lord is is very clear to us. Uh, two years before we started Caneo, literally the Lord said, build me an army that I can use. He said, do not build a church full of attenders. Don't build me an audience, but build me an, an army I could use. And that's when we started Caneo. And revival sits on the shoulders of men, whether people want to realize that or not. It sits on the shoulders of men and women. And if there's not that infrastructure to be able to stand up under the weight of God, the kavod of God, the heaviness of God, the demands of the Lord, it crumbles. Mm. And most revivals do not last beyond three weeks because the team has not been trained. How do I host God? How do I walk in purity? Mm-hmm. How do I discipline myself, my physical body, my spirit, and be able to walk in this, this weightiness of the Lord? And so the, I find that is just as important yes. to teach people on the Word, their authority, understanding the Scriptures, purity, holiness, righteousness, offending the Lord. That's just as important as falling out in the Spirit and receiving a touch from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think that may be the missing element with pastors and leaders where they focus just on the peripheral, the Spirit, the touch, but not the infrastructure of the training and building a usable army. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's going to cost you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a price if you kind of have that mentality of, well, I just preach on Sundays and do whatever during the week and I'll, I'll get back with you. You're not really going to, you're not going to be able to sustain or, or build something. I think again, sometimes in leadership or just in, and you know, people that work jobs. I mean, it's just like, if you want a healthy marriage, you have to work at it. Mm-hmm. If you, if you want kids that, you know, are well-behaved or serve the Lord, you have to instill family values. If, if you want a church culture, that's facilitating more of an army than an audience. You're gonna you're gonna have to be willing to not only put in the work, but I think sometimes you're gonna have to be willing to risk the fallout. Mm-hmm. I mean, could you could you talk a little bit, Karen, maybe about like what what is you know when when you shifted from this visitation to habitation and you had the discipleship piece in place. And it was very apparent that the glory of the Lord was resting there. Did you guys stay at the same attendance? Was anybody offended? Like what What would you say, Karen, from your perspective? Like was everybody thrilled that revival came? Well... You know, there's there's always going to be those people that, and, and we've had we had that that look at what is happening and say, you know, I think this is a little bit much for me. Uh, call me when this is over. Mm, wow. And so, not everyone values, uh, or even valued in the beginning, what mm. was happening. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, they it may scare them, right? and what you don't understand, you're usually against. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, that brings me to to this, and that is that you know revival does bring a lot. There's a lot that happens in revival. There's a lot that happens in the atmosphere. There's a lot that happens to the person. And if there's not word, if there's not some type of word and training and underpinning, they're not going to be able to explain mm-hmm. it. 
and they're also not going to be able to sustain it, and they're not going to be able to live through it. Mm. Okay, so that's why training is so important. Um, we are a, a mile wide and, and an inch deep in knowledge. Everybody loves the experience, yeah. but we need to be able to go back and take them into the Word and say, guys, you don't have to fear this, and this should be normal, this should be typical, because look, here it is in the Word. And so being able to explain the experiences is so important. And if somebody hasn't got a word base, they can't do that. Mm. And so that, that is just super, super important to give them that underpinning, give them that word base so that they can go into the marketplace and say, hey, what's happening in our church? It's true. It's biblical. Look, it's in the word. Yeah. And then when revival brings the, 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 um, the unusual or even the flesh and the muck, they're able to say, wait a minute, what does the Word say? Mm -hmm. This is what the Word says. We've got our training. We know what to do. It's yeah, it's one of the things I, I told you guys. I so enjoy going and ministering at the North Georgia Revival. Mm -hmm. I've ministered, I ministered in a lot that people call revival that I probably don't think is revival. What I love about what you're hosting is there's a tangible fear of the Lord there's a tangible Word of God emphasis in your midst, and then there's a com constant invitation to come and be trained. I think the yeah. other piece that I, I want to talk about, Todd, with you is you're a man of prayer. You know, it, it's like a lot of people, we want revival to come on a Sunday, but we don't want to pray on Monday. We don't want to... And I love watching your sermons. I know you've written a new book mm -hmm. about prayer. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about how does prayer facilitate or what kind of role does prayer play in revival? Great question. Prayer for us is the most important thing that we do as a ministry, even as a church. And when I say that, immediately people you know, they raise their eyebrows thinking, well, I isn't preaching the gospel or, or winning the lost or making disciples or feeding the sheep. And, and all of those things are top priorities. They really are and should never be neglected. However, we discovered early on that our preaching can't change the culture. Our discipleship means cannot change the culture. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's important. It's valuable. But the most important thing that we discovered is prayer is what prepares the way right. for the preaching of the gospel, yeah. the discipleship. That's good. And, and I think I was trained, if I preach, make disciple, love people well, bury the dead, marry people well, all those type of things, that my church is going to grow and evangelize the lost. And it did. But yet I didn't see any power. Mm. Our, the Word says that the prayer of a righteous man the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. It doesn't say that alone about the other issues. Prayer paves the way. Prayer makes power available. So we committed our, our lives in this revival in our church to pray every day to seek the Lord. As a congregation, we pray seven times a week. We have seven different prayer meetings. And people come and they just seek the Lord. And that's why we see eyes open, deaf ears pop open, the lame walk. And I'm not talking about every now and then. This is consistent. Why? Because we're making that deposit in prayer. Paul made it clear, pray without ceasing. He didn't say teach without ceasing, preach without ceasing, evangelize without ceasing. He said pray without ceasing. And then when I do that, it's like John the Baptist did with Jesus. He just prepared the way 
for the kingdom of God to manifest. I am convinced, prophet, that prayer is the most important thing that our church does. Yet it may be the most neglected thing mm. that a church does because we yes. put our confidence in our communication skills or even the message. Mm. And the message is important. It's got to be communicated. But it's got to be prepared and paved the way by prayer. I've seen that over and over and over again. The more we pray, the more He comes. I love it. I think it's so valuable for people mm -hmm. watching today, listening mm -hmm. today, um, to emphasize the right things. I mean, I just think that there are, it, revival is not a formula, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. but there are key ingredients right, right. that you guys have, have fostered and built into mm -hmm. revival culture yeah. like prayer, like discipleship, the Word of God. And, and it, it's, again, it's that landing strip for consistent miracles, mm -hmm. for consistent manifestations of the Holy Spirit, and it's and it's evident, and God is breathing on it. And I I want to encourage our listeners today, whether you're a leader, uh, whether you're a marketplace individual, that these are even things when when I I sometimes you know as a church leader you have to I have to take off my church leader cap, if you will, and ask myself this question. Could someone listening or watching today implement this in their family, like mm -hmm. at their home? I absolutely believe everything that we're saying. You could have a mom or dad listening today that could be hosting the presence of God and, and calling their family to pray. Even if it's just at night before bed, you can do this in your home. Mm -hmm. Parents, we can be discipling our kids I have Bible study with my children every single week. Mm -hmm. As a parent, not a preacher, not a minister, we get our kids in the Word of God. So there are things just marketplace people, parents, pastors and leaders. I mean, all of these things can facilitate consistent expectation and the miraculous. Todd, you just came out with an, a brand new mm -hmm. book that is making its way around the body of Christ I've had a lot of people um, that are reading it, encouraging. Thank you for the recent copy. Can you talk to us a little bit about the new book? Yeah, I, I wrote this book because, again, I think the most important thing we do as, as, as a body is, is pray. And, and I think it's, again, the thing that's probably neglected most in our lives. And I'm not talking about praying for your meal, praying you know, before you go to bed, Lord, protect me, Lord, do this, that, and the other. But connecting with God, literally understanding the potential and the power of prayer. And I think what the devil has done is Matthew chapter 12, he's walked into the church, and Jesus used this example that if you want to spoil uh, someone's home and take from them and plunder their goods, you find the strong man in the house and you eliminate him. If I'm robbing your home, I'm not going to be worried about your children because they're not going to do a lot of damage to me, mm -hmm. I'm going to find you, yeah. and I'm going to neutralize you. Because when I neutralize you, then I can have free run of your house and take all of the spoils. I think that the devil has walked in subtly into the church in different ways, and he identified the strong man of the church. Mm. The strong man of the church is prayer. Wow. And so he has walked in. He's allowed us to preach. He's allowed us to teach. He's allowed us to worship. And those things are powerful. But he knows the, literally the source of strength and power 
is prayer. So he walks in, and the pastor chooses a few women. You're my intercessors. Pray for the church. Well, 98% of the rest of the church doesn't pray corporately. Mm -hmm. There are 30 corporate prayer meetings mentioned in the book of Acts that you can find where they went to prayer. They were called to prayer. I'm giving myself to prayer. There were 10 of them even before the day of Pentecost. They prayed for 10 days, 120 of them, for the power of God to fall. And I think he comes in and he binds the strong man. And if you and I can untie the strong man of prayer, the devil will not be able to walk into our churches and take from us our precious children and our young people because they will see with their own eyes. The reason they're falling away from God is they see no miracles. They don't see the power of God in demonstration. They hear the words, but they don't see it manifest. And if our young people can see the kingdom of God in demonstration, when they go to college, they'll not be talked out mm -hmm. of their relationship with God or even deny His existence. So I think if we as pastors and leaders untie the strong man in our churches and in our homes of prayer, there's no telling what's going to happen. It's the only hope for America. Preaching's not the hope for America because if it was, we'd already be in revival. Yes. You've got to continue to preach, but the prayer element has got to be fortified, built up, and made as the priority of the church, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think, you know, just, again, some people, it's like we, I, I was driving on the way over here this morning thinking about how many times, you know, we, we say, Lord, if you do this, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, Lord, if 50 people come to pray, we'll mm -hmm. pray. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, like I remember being a younger pastor and, you know, you call 6 a.m. prayer and it's you and the three ladies, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm discouraged. And I remember the Lord saying to me one day, how many people did I call to the upper room? Well, we know around 500. How many people showed up? 120. Well, it's like, what's the percentage? The Lord was like, don't get so discouraged because I could just, I can hear that conversation. Mm -hmm. People yeah. are like, well, Pastor Todd, if I called a prayer meeting at my church, only five people would come. We'll start there. Start right, Praise right. the Lord. I think Perfect. sometimes it's like, it starts with us. It's like, you know, parents, they they email Morgan and I. It's like, well, when we play worship music in our home and try to facilitate the Lord, our kids just run around in a circle. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Just set the atmosphere, mm -hmm. right? model for them what you want to see them doing. And then over time, like it gets down on the inside of them. And so mm -hmm. I just want to encourage listeners today that may be in their mind. And I sometimes I say we need to be more full of fire than excuses. Yeah. Sometimes we just allow all of a sudden flesh and excuses to dismantle the Holy Spirit is calling the church to pray. Yep. The Holy Spirit is calling a church. We need to step into revival. The hour is late. We, there's deception running rampant. We need to get discipled. We need to get trained in the Word of God. So I think there's like a real invitation mm -hmm. to the deep things of the Lord on the podcast today. But we also have to be aware there's those lies, there's those whispering voices that try to talk us out of what the Lord is calling us to. Karen, you want to comment on that? Yeah, I mean, I think, too, that we need to get a clear understanding of what prayer is. Um, Todd's kind of talking from a weapon point of view, and okay. it is. It is a weapon. It is the most fierce weapon. Mm -hmm. But also, the body of Christ needs to realize that prayer is communion yeah. with the Father. 
Yeah. And so, I mean, what better way to co-labor with God and what better way to co-labor with the Holy Spirit than to commune with Him in prayer? And so, of course, that's going to set an atmosphere for Him to come in and do what He does. The house is prepped. This house is prepped. The people are prepped. And so that's why we tell our, our covenant partners at our church, guys, this is going to set the atmosphere. And like Todd was alluding to a moment ago, the more we pray, the more we see. Yeah. Well, it's because we've been with him seven times that week as a corporate body. And he looks at that house and he says, they know me. They've communed with me. And, and prayer's just not monologue where we're just one person's talking. is dialogue. Yeah, yeah. And so the Lord's able to talk back to us and say, okay, now Sunday, guys, this is what I want. This is what I want to hear. This is what I want to see. These are the songs I want you to sing to me. And we get all that download. And so when we come together and there's a revival service or whatever we're doing, we're ready because we know what He wants. Our folks don't take that time asking the Lord for things. Mm -hmm. We take that time to prep the atmosphere. And then one last element I want to mention is another element of prayer is also learning to bless the Lord back. Just mm -hmm. stand in a, in a position of gratitude, constantly thanking Him for what He's already doing. Yeah, that was something I was feeling last night at our revival service. We started hitting that Judah, mm -hmm. that praise him, that bless yes. him. It's the commanding your soul. I mean, you know, sometimes I'm, you know, like, look, you know, we we get, you know, if you just wake up in your flesh, you're not going to want to pray. You're not going to want to pursue more of the Lord. But I think part of pursuing revival is, to, oh, I love what, I think it was Vance Havner. He said, in revival, the people go from dormant to militant. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is that kind of from an audience to an army. I mean, you do have to take a stand. Mm -hmm. You do have to take authority over complacency, lethargy, excuses. And then, like you said, lead and lead well and, mm -hmm. and set the atmosphere. And when you pray, we're not just giving off our list of what we want God to do. Right, so, right. I mean, I, I, I even love what you guys have done where it's practical. I think a lot of times, you know, when I, I sometimes I've preached for you on a Sunday night and I come in on Saturday because I want to make the prayer meeting on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And it's not, sometimes people, it's like, well, is it like full-blown intercession, people on a microphone screaming and yelling? No, it's actually music on like a, a, a player, if you will, and then people walking and praying. I, I love that because it facilitates an atmosphere where people can connect with God and pray and set an atmosphere mm -hmm. versus sometimes we come into corporate prayer meetings and someone has the fire of God on them and they're praying and we're living vicariously through their praise and mm -hmm. prayers. I love that you guys kind of facilitate an atmosphere where people can, there's music playing, but people can enter in themselves where you feel like there's a corporate mm -hmm. collectiveness. So even people, again, like it could be as easy as turn worship music on in your Absolutely. house. You know, turn worship music on in the sanctuary of your yeah. church and just create a habitation mm -hmm. for the Lord. Lord, like it's like, well, I don't have enough intercessors. That's not what we're saying. Right, right. 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 Yeah, even on school nights with Caneo, we have students that go in the sanctuary because they know that's the place of prayer. Classes in one side of the building, there's a sanctuary. And there may be three or four students in there. 
Yeah. That sanctuary is huge, but we don't we don't think about there there should be more of us. Yeah. It is a privilege and an honor. They get there early. Those five to ten students will get there early and more are starting to come. And and they see it as an opportunity. Man, I get to go for an hour and and sit in the sanctuary just in and get presence. and pray yeah. and just get ready for class. Yeah. And so I tell them, prepare your temple for class. And so they'll come in and and it, there's just maybe there can be three of us. There may be 12 of us just in there walking and praying one hour before class. And so they're starting to see it's not only prepping for a service, prepping for what God's going to do at revival that night. They want to go get ready just to receive the word in school that night. That's so good. So powerful. You know, Prophet, um, I got on the phone early in the revival talking to, uh, I, I made a phone call to Pastor John Kilpatrick. He doesn't know me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just a pastor of a small church in in Dawsonville, but I got his number because we felt God was moving. And I called him and I said, Pastor Kilpatrick, I think I'm in revival. What do I do? And I'll never forget the three things he yes, told me. Yes. He said, Todd, uh, always keep Jesus central. He said, prayer's the key. And three, he said, the devil's coming. Mm-hmm. He said, if you'll remember those three things, That's it. he said, you're going to be fine. So we tried to keep, and and to the best of our ability, Jesus central. Not a person, not a rock star, not a celebrity, but literally Jesus is the center of all that we do. And he said, Todd, prayer is a deposit into the Spirit. He said, needs are going to walk through your door every Sunday night that if you don't pray, there will not be enough to meet the needs. In other words, look at prayer as if a a deposit into the spiritual account. And we all know what that looks like in the natural financially, Mm -hmm. that we can't, insufficient funds, the check bounces. Mm, That's good. Our desire is great, so we write a check, but yet we don't have enough means to pay for it. He said, make the deposit in prayer so that when people walk in sick and dying, addicted, loss, that the power of the Holy Spirit is so prevalent that they even crumble as they walk through the door. And the scripture says, if you sow bountifully to the Spirit, you'll reap bountifully from the Spirit. If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. So we look at prayer at our church as a deposit. Now the needs are great. People have days to live that walk into the building. They come to our baptismal waters. And they say, the Lord's told, I mean, the doctor told me I have 21 days. And prophet, they have chosen to spend one of their 21 days in the presence of God at Christ Fellowship. Some traveled from across the country to be there. We take that seriously. Yes. We can't play church. We can't hope church happens. So our nose seven times a week is on our face before the Lord in the carpet not asking him to heal people. We very rarely, if ever, pray for people that are sick, for God to heal. We say, God, would you come? Mm-hmm. We want to create an environment and culture that you're attracted to, and would you walk in this building? Because if I, if I get him, then he does what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't so center on one thing. I say, Lord, we just want you, yeah. whatever that looks like. If it's heaviness and repentance and brokenness you want, we'll do that. If you're going to heal cancer, cause limbs to grow, lame to walk, we're good for that as mm-hmm. well. Yes. But Lord, all we want is you. Yes. We don't make revival a central thing. We make it him. He is our central good. thing. Mm-hmm. Good. 
So good. Yeah, if I could point just one thing to that too as well. I just want to encourage any pastors and leaders that may be listening, watching. Um, it starts with you. Mm-hmm. It starts with you because, you know, Prophet, early on it was Todd and I and our immediate staff, and he would call us to prayer. He would call us. He would get on a text message, I want all of you in the sanctuary now. It's time to pray. And so I just want to encourage you, pastors and leaders, again, that may be listening and watching, it's going to start with you. It's going to start with you um, getting along with the Lord and, and, and asking the Lord about this because everything rises and falls with leadership. And, and the people will follow what the pastor does. Todd's made it explicitly clear. This is the calling of this house. We will pray. And it is almost like a gauge. It's almost like a gauge. When the people are there, yes, in number, when they're there in number, they're there in power, and we're praying and we're making that deposit, there's an increase in the miracles. Unbelievable. If there's yes. a dip in prayer, there's a dip in the move. And so, I, again, I know, it, I know it's tough. I get it. And, and pastors, it may be you and your spouse may be the only thing, only people that are there. But that's where you start. So good. Well, y'all, thanks so much for joining us. Our time is closing today. <clears throat> if people are listening, watching today, wondering where you're at, can you just, you know. Yeah, uh, Christ Fellowship Church, Dawsonville, Georgia. Um, that's important. There are a lot of Christ Fellowship churches. It's Christ Fellowship Church, Dawsonville, uh, cfchurch.tv information. If you're interested in the book, Unless We Pray, you can go to Amazon, pick it up. Uh, I think it'd be well worth your read. But the North Georgia Revival, you can Google that as well. Watch videos, testimonies. Uh, right now, 30,000 people have been immersed in the waters. Um, come expecting God will change you. He'll meet you. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Mark for Eternity podcast. Thank you for watching today. We'll be back with you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the March for Eternity podcast as we seek to bring biblical truth to this generation regarding topics such as marriage, family, and ministry. We want to give a special thank you to our ultra-global partners who make it possible for us to release fresh content such as this in order to train and equip the body of Christ around the world. If you were blessed by this episode, make sure to go to thealtraglobal.com forward slash podcast to listen to current and past episodes. God bless and thank you for listening.